0: Welcome back to The Greatest Rivalry, a podcast brought to you by Wisdom. Throughout this series, we've been taking you on a journey through the history of the India-Pakistan cricket rivalry. I'm Nikesh
1: Rugani. And I'm Ardith Nawaz, and we're here in association with a great new product that's taking cricket coaching to a new level. It's called Batsense, and it's available at kpsmartsports.com. It's a lightweight device that fits snugly onto the top of your cricket bat, and it connects wirelessly to your smartphone. It'll track your technique and send you all the data on an app so you can track exactly what you're doing right and what you need to improve on. It's got a six-hour battery life too, and you can get yours now at a reduced price of £97 plus postage. Just head to kpsmartsports.com.
0: Now, throughout this series, we've gone on a journey way back to the 1950s when the rivalry first began, and last week we took you right up until the present day. Well... That is the men's rivalry all documented, and you can listen back to any of our previous nine episodes on the Wisdom Weekly podcast feed. But now it's the turn of the women. Women's cricket has taken off big style in South Asia in recent years, and the rivalry between India and Pakistan may just be starting out, but it's still the match that everyone wants
1: to see and, of course, win. And unlike in the men's game, the rivalry is completely one-sided thus far. They've played each other 21 times in ODIs and T20s, and India have won 19 of those games with just a couple of victories for Pakistan. But still, we've got some really interesting stories from that rivalry and from the careers of Pakistan's Javeria Khan and former India bowler Snehal Pradhan, who join us this week on The Greatest Rivalry.
2: According to my parents, I've always been picking up uh, whatever I can find around the house and Uh, using it as a bat even before I can remember so that as when I was a toddler so growing up uh, born in 86 growing up in the 90s when cable TV revolution was happening and all of a sudden there was so much cricket good quality broadcast on TV India Sachin Tendulkar Desert Storm all that it probably just had a deep subconscious impact on my mind. Um, And I was into pretty much every sport as a kid but really the moment I I crystallized a dream that I want to open the bowling for India was uh, when I saw Julian Goswami um, in this series which was played at home against England uh, and was broadcast on Doordarshan and it was her debut series, 19 year old just steaming in and uh, cleaning up stumps. And it was so great to watch. And that's, and that's when I felt, you know, that's what I want to be.
0: Absolute legend of the game, uh, Julan Goswami, of course. Uh, and it's, it's so great to, to hear that you were inspired to take up the game uh, after watching her play. And obviously you went on to fulfill your dream uh, representing your country. But when you were younger, at that particular time, um, women's cricket in India, you know, although there was access to it and, and some of the matches were televised, it wasn't really supported in the same way as it is now. Just just take us back to you know some of the comments perhaps you would have received when you told your friends, when you told people that that you wanted to do this, you wanted to become a cricketer, you wanted to represent India. were were people supportive of you? Uh, were, did you get any derogatory comments towards you?
2: Well, that's the funny thing. I, I mean, it's been my experience that uh, girls who generally are able to take up cricket and represent their state and go on from there generally don't hear these kind of comments. Because we are lucky enough to come from very supportive families. I mean, I had a family which had a great background of uh, women doing what they want to do. My grandmother in the 1940s and 50s got an MSc, which, you know, wasn't really the done thing back then. And she married intercaste. And, so that was the, um, the privilege kind of that I had, that I had that kind of family support. My friends, uh, no one, I mean, thought any differently because, you know, I'm a girl playing cricket. What was probably challenging was the fact that at the time there were, uh, there was very little money. There was no money for playing domestically, very little money for playing internationally. And uh, travel was sometimes a nightmare at best. Um, stay I mean we've been fifteen sixteen girls in one classroom or three teams in one dormitory, sharing one toilet. It's those kind of uh, facilities and the infrastructure challenges that we had to go through. This is of course before the b c c i took over uh, the administration of women's cricket when the women's cricket Association of India was in charge so that was that was the kind of thing we had to get over. but I mean everyone who got into that environment was there because they were crazy about the game so we didn't really bother about that at all we just wanted to go out and play
1: and Javeria, uh how about yourself i mean that's uh, it's there's many obstacles that you know um snails just talked about and of course we've heard about many obstacles before you've gone on to become one of the most decorated probably the most decorated pakistani uh, batsman uh, in the history of the game there how did it all start for you where did cricket begin for you who did you watch and uh, what got you what what got you involved
3: well honestly speaking i never thought of playing cricket at international level because i always wanted to do ca chartered accountancy and uh, i used to play cricket with my brothers at rooftop uh, there came a time when a trial letter came in my school and we had to go in a certain period where which i was not fond of taking that class so I skipped that class, and I thought of just going for the sake of missing that class and not to represent. And I just told my mother that um, I will, I I will just go for once, just because I don't want to take that class. And uh, when I went, I started playing it, and uh, usually it we used to go on that period only, so it became a habit. So when the I continuously started playing it and got fond of it. Then uh, I played domestic cricket. Till that time, I used to say, that's my last, that's my last, because I wanted to do CA. But I had senior players who supported me and who told me that you have the talent you can play for Pakistan. I started as a bowler, uh, an off-spinner. And two years, I represented Pakistan as an off-spinner, but... I think ICC didn't like my action. They banned me, and uh, uh, then I gave up cricket. But it was my family who supported me and who told me that for this day you gave up CA, so you should start doing or playing cricket because it's your love now. And I had the senior players, and they supported me. So I worked really hard with my brother, and then I opted for batting and. I think it was des- it was my destiny to be a better rather than a bowler.
1: Absolutely. It worked out so nicely for Pakistan. And, you know, we'll definitely talk about bowling actions. And I'm sure uh, we've got a few questions for Snehal about that as well. Um, but, you know, when we talk to Snehal, we think about that, you know, decorated domestic career. She spent a lot of time uh, in the sort of uh, Maharashtra uh, Cricket Association. Give us a little insight when you started, Javeria, into domestic women's cricket in Pakistan. How sophisticated was it? Um, what was it like to enter into uh, as a new player?
3: As a whole, women's cricket was not at all developed. When we started playing, we were paid a very meagre amount uh, and that would cover only our food expenses. So there were no contracts also and the things were not this good, but it was not the money that attached all of us to the game. It was our passion. So so we started playing cricket and in domestic it's like this, Snehal sh- sharing one room, six people sharing one one room and uh, it was quite tough but at that time we didn't used to think of these things, it was just the passion of cricket that drive us.
0: And uh, Snehal, just going back to uh, Javeria's point in there in terms of uh, you know pay and, and expenses and things like that, almost non-existent in those early days uh, as, as she put it. Uh, I assume it was a similar story In India, uh, you know, it's only now that we see uh, women's cricketers getting paid uh, perhaps what they deserve, perhaps, you know, not even quite what they deserve uh, in some people's eyes. But at least, uh, you know, the pay has increased. There is that professionalism. People can become a professional women's cricketer in India at this time and in Pakistan, indeed. uh, But it wasn't the case uh, back when you started
2: absolutely and my own experience uh, probably uh, plays that out that uh, around the time uh, when I was just completing my degree I finished my BSc and I was thinking do I have to now go in for higher education which will help me get a job that will be able to pay me because until then I had been playing cricket on out of the pocket of my parents and I was just wondering, you know, even if I make the national team, how far is this going to take me? There were a few job opportunities here and there with the railways. Uh, By that time, the BCCI had already come in. I was fortunate actually that at the time I got a trial and was selected by Western Railway. So it was a semi-professional arrangement, which you see a lot on the subcontinent where you have a public sector company um, employing you through the sports quota and then i had to turn up to the office i moved from pune to mumbai i had to turn up to the office from 10 am to 1 pm and after that i had to then turn up to the ground uh, for my evening practice and i would get leaves for tournaments and camps uh, etc that was the kind of arrangement that allowed me to stay with the game otherwise i saw a future for myself in uh, some kind of higher education and probably a corporate job um, and it's so necessary to have that kind of financial backing and pre-BCCI absolutely no payments for domestic cricket even post-BCCI you have payments which probably barely even cover the cost of your equipment we were earning 2500 rupees per match or per day and uh, you know a good bat or a good pair of spikes costs easily seven to ten thousand rupees so it was a challenge and i'm glad that uh, things have improved at least for the for the two national teams where uh, they are financially secure and hopefully it now moves to the domestic scene.
0: Yeah, indeed. Uh, that that would be absolutely crucial in getting more uh, girls involved in cricket in those countries. Uh, you did then obviously go on to fulfil your dream, um, Snehal, and, and represent India. And uh, your debut was uh, against a, a familiar foe.
2: Yeah, that's what, that's what that scorecard says. I mean, Javaria will also remember that Asia Cup in 2008 as uh, her first tournament. Um, interestingly, Bangladesh was also in that tournament, but they weren't there officially. So, the first time I actually bowled in an international match with um, Julan Goswami uh, opening the bowling was against Bangladesh. That's not an official match, so it doesn't count as my debut. And the next time was then against Pakistan. Um, and I was lucky enough to get uh, three wickets on uh, in that game. So, it was a dream come true. I mean, to play against um, arch rival you would say but when you actually then went out and played and this is the experience that I had over the last uh, since before when I had toured Pakistan as well is that Pakistan were just making their first steps into uh, cricket under the PCB and uh, so therefore that that rivalry or the intensity wasn't um, what I expected. But uh, still, it is a thrilling feeling to uh, make a, to have that ODI debut against Pakistan.
1: Chavaria, that's a, that's an interesting point for us to pick up. Get your thoughts on as well. Like, I mean, the idea of the first time you play against India. Um, obviously, you know, you you made your debut, um, you know, against um, uh, Sri Lanka. So, you know. When you when you played India for the very first time, some of the you know the men, male cricketers we've spoken to on this series, they talk about the pressure and the history and of the rivalry and you know how many things they think about, how many things go through their mind when they go on that pitch for the very first time. Did did all of that that heritage of the rivalry work for you as well, or did you think of it as a completely separate thing as the women, um, you know, starting your own kind of rivalry? How describe that feeling of playing India for the first time?
3: Well, honestly speaking, uh, but honestly, uh... Since our birth, this thing is instilled in our mind. India, Pakistan, India, Pakistan. (laughs) And uh, on a serious note, when you see everyone around, too much excited, patriotic and emotional, you get those vibes. And I cannot tell you uh, exactly that moment, but growing up, I always knew that it's a very serious matter (laughs) and we have to win it. (laughs) And uh, uh, when I first started playing, i didn't have that pressure because when you first played you don't feel pressure you feel excitement and uh, comparatively pakistan india match when i played uh, in 2008 there were no spectators except cuckoos and sparrows so there was so 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 we we had not that pressure and uh, it was a bit different but uh, the stories which we heard, it was in our mind, but when we entered the ground, it was a bit different than it was more about the sport.
0: And Javeria, um, in terms of the rivalry, you've spoken about how, how it was instilled in you from such an early age. Uh, do you think, you know, in your experience of, of playing against India, obviously the Indian women's team has proven to be a stronger, more consistent team over the years uh, in that particular, uh, in, in both ODIs and in T20s and Pakistan's poor record against them uh, would testify to that. Do you think that goes to show a little bit that that the Indians have perhaps handled the pressure a little bit better in these big matches and and that comes from maybe more experience within their ranks?
3: Look, we, we get to play bilateral series with other countries, but unfortunately not with India. So lack of exposure is one of the reasons. And the second is the pressure for sure. And I think due to this pressure, India has also never played their original game with us either. They had, they never had an easy win in recent times. But as I said, due to lack of exposure, unfortunately, we didn't have our uh, 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 qualifying series this year too. So it's, I think this we lack. And uh, as we have a less games, so I'm not giving this as an excuse. And they, they should have. They they should have more matches to play and though the pressure games and if we play India in bilateral series then we'll get to know their weaknesses and strength. But when they suddenly come in the knockout games, then it gets a bit difficult. Either you hold on to your nerves or or you you play a better game. But it's that the this pressure is felt by both the teams and and as and as I said that they uh, they never had an easy win in recent times, but. Uh, the results show a different story, but the games were a bit dif- different.
0: Snehal, interesting point there from Javerio about um, the, the bilateral series. Um, obviously, you know, men's, women's cricket, junior cricket, there, there's no bilateral series at all uh, between India and Pakistan uh, at the moment. But you were one of the lucky ones. You, you have actually toured Pakistan before you played for the senior India team
2: yeah and that was um, such a novel experience because this was still at the time where women's cricket association of india were uh, looking after things pakistan cricket board had already taken over in pakistan not so uh, for the BCCI. so just just the incredible vision to have this tour um shubhangi Gulkarni was uh, the head of uh, the women's cricket association of india mira filebos i believe was Uh, managing things on uh, the Pakistan side of things I did I did a I did an article for uh, the cricket monthly on uh, the India Pakistan women's rivalry and just researching it it was incredible to look back and see how visionary it was for uh, to be able to send a team uh, of women athletes to Pakistan and this was rare across sports not just cricket so they picked an under-21 team from India which we had a couple of internationals in Karuna Jain and uh, Rumeli Dhar who had just played the 2005 World Cup where India had reached the finals. Um, the rest of us was a young squad basically designed to help uh, essentially ease Pakistan into the international fold because it was they were taking their first steps under the PCB and um, More than the cricket, that tour just stands out for how different it was. Firstly, we were playing domestic cricket in the conditions that I described. We took a flight from Delhi to Lahore, first time in a flight for most of us. We were playing colored kit white ball for the first time. In domestic cricket, it was just white kit red ball. And the security, oh my god, we had our team bus ahead of us, a jeep ahead of us, two motorcycles and the same behind us. And we were wondering what is going on for uh, women cricketers who were used to, like Zaveria said, no one watching us at all. Suddenly, we were the center of attention, being protected so much and such warm hospitality. I will always remember that tour for uh, the amazing hospitality. I will also remember it that going across to Lahore, which in culture is very close to the Punjabi culture. I will also remember it for the sameness that I went across the border And I didn't feel alien. I didn't feel that this is something different and something to be scared of. I remember the warmth of the people. And that has really changed my perception of Pakistan forever. And it did so for so many other uh, girls. Like I was speaking to Trish Kamini, who was uh, the opening batter. And she was talking about what a different experience it was for her batting. And then just looking back out of the corner of her eye, the wicketkeeper is wearing a hijab. And it was a cultural... It was a cultural experience as much as the cricketing experience.
1: Absolutely, I can imagine it's um, it's it's a matter of great pride for the host team. And was it like that a little bit for you, Javaria? Because uh, all the Pakistani and Indian cricketers we've spoken to so far, they talked about how you know how it was important to them that the visiting team had a good time and they were looked after, and you know they felt really welcomed. Um, do, do you remember? That's the kind of the the feeling that was imbuing amongst the team that we must make sure that team is looked after and they feel comfortable and welcome?
3: I think I was not the part of that tour, so I don't know the experience. But whenever they come or or we go, when, when we toured them, they were so nice. The people were nice. I don't know where this hate, hatred comes from. And uh, everyone is so nice to each other. So th- through this platform, I just would like to say that sport and politics should be separ- separated it's been uh, high time now
1: absolutely very well said as well what are you what are your first mem- memories of being in india chaveria what was your first memories of like being there um you know as a representative of pakistan
3: well it wasn't this nice because uh, we had to go for the world cups and uh, there it was some uncertainty that whether we will be allowed to go so in the very last moment we were told that now you can uh, leave from Pakistan to India so we were kind of in a lockdown situation that we had to live in an academy and uh, we were not able to meet or uh, see any of the part but uh, in the t20 World Cups it was a bit dif- different like for like for every other country it was the same for us but uh, the security was so high but uh, we the people, of in india are so nice to meet and so nice to talk and when i had my action clear clearance in chennai so i was looked after really really well and it's on the whole the whole story and it's the opposite of the feeling which is instilled in our mind through our childhood
0: and snehal i'm sure you can resonate with that as well uh, you know we've spoken to so many of the male cricketers on this podcast previously who have just talked about the great friendships between uh, the players from the opposite side through the generations, you know, right from the early days in the 50s and 60s, right up until the present day, you know, the players seem to get on with each other. The, the people on the ground seem to want to see these bilateral tours taking place. Just tell us about some of the, you know, relationships that that you've seen or, or you've had uh, with players from, from Pakistan previously.
2: It was... Um... It, this is completely external, everything that everyone talks about, the rivalry and the pressure that you have to win and the repercussions if you don't win, it's completely external. As cricketers, when uh, we are preparing for a match against Pakistan, it is just another game. But you suddenly get so much interest, you suddenly get so many messages that it's, it's a mental challenge to then not view it differently. And like Javeria said, there is always a little bit of extra pressure when playing each other because as an Indian team, you don't want to lose to Pakistan, especially as you are the favourites most of the time. The costs are just a little higher than they are when you are playing other teams, which is, which is just ridiculous if you ask me. I mean, uh, yes, there, there is so much going on outside of the world of sport uh, between the two countries. But like I said... My experience in 2005 was that people-to-people contact is the way to really change perceptions about um, the people of India and the people of Pakistan because whatever is happening is just happening not because or not uh, according to the will of so many of the common people who we share uh, culture with, we shared uh, geography with, we share uh, just our eating habits and uh, so many other things with. and the the jump to getting to the point where you see that there is more in common than there is in uh, separation can really happen if more people visit each other, people-to-people contact increases. And that's why I hope that, at like Javeria said, at some point, bilateral cricket and tours do resume.
1: Yeah, we can o- we can only hope. I mean, obviously, all as cricket fans, all we want is to see more India versus Pakistan cricket. And, uh, you know, as far as Nikesh mentioned, earlier you know india has dominated the rivalry pakistan still hasn't beaten india in a women's one international um and even in the world t20s pakistan uh, had to wait a long time but eventually they got their first win over india and it was a very very exciting game in gaul and i know javeria you were playing in that match where pakistan um scored 98 for nine and uh india women chasing got 97 so pakistan won the game by one run in the women's world t20 what was it like, Javaria, finally, after sort of a decade plus of playing against India, to finally get a win over them? I, I imagine it was something that was quite exciting at the moment.
3: Uh, it was a match where finally we held on to our nerves. And uh, we were really happy of that win. And uh, I cannot explain that moment because uh, it felt that uh, more than us, back home, people were really happy and 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 we used to think that it's just another game for us and the pressure is still more from outside and our management used to say us yes, just stay calm and there are times when we restricted india on 85 runs and we should have chased down that score but we got out on 75 runs so it's the exposure and when we won that match so we were out of the world we 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 were really happy of the fact that finally we were able to beat them.
1: That's incredible, really. It was a really really exciting match. When you, when you look at the scorecard, some good performances from Sana Mir Nain Abidi, um, you know, and you know you yourself were run out by uh, Julian Goswami. But you know, just an exciting, exciting match. A really good uh, advert for the women's game, actually. Just how um, close and tight and dramatic a finish can be. And you know, the first time, the first time ever, Pakistan would come out on top, and they've only. Ever beaten India since? Um, Snehal, would you say it's a it's a, a, any kind of point of pride for the Indian team to retain an exceptionally strong record against Pakistan, or is it something that is a little bit parallel to their thinking? Is the thinking more focused around? You know, the overall game, we need to focus on winning World Cups and World T20s and so on and so forth. And, the, and this rivalry is a very specialised thing.
2: I don't think anyone uh, in the Indian team or in the setup just thinks about, you know, we have to uh, maintain so-and-so record against Pakistan or anything like that. The picture or the goal is always to win global tournaments and do well and um, make the people who are supporting the team proud. You also have to look at uh, this record that India has against Pakistan uh, through the lens of history. And whereas Indian cricket really was strong in the 1970s and 80s, um, even the 90s, uh, then going on under the BCCI um, over the last two decades. Whereas, Javeria, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe Pakistan cricket just started building up in the mid 90s and in those early 2000s. Uh, with so much investment from people sometimes against the wishes of the government to the extent where uh, members of the Pakistan women's team have been on no-fly lists and have had to literally smuggle out of the country to participate in tournaments. So you have to look at the rivalry from that lens. If you look at it that way, in just in the last 20 years, the Pakistan's uh, team development has been pretty rapid. Whereas India have had the cushion of almost 50 years of development of women's cricket and therefore that shared experience, uh, that much more uh, perspective, that much more time to build up uh, some kind of participation in the grassroots. So I think Pakistan's development has been one of the best stories of the last 10 years, especially since they won uh, those Asian Games where for some reason the BCCI keeps refusing to send Indian teams. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, it's it's been great to see their uh, organization get behind them step by step one of the first to have contracts Um, And yeah, and you have to look at the rivalry from that lens as well.
0: Javeria Snell just touched on it there. You know, Pakistan women's cricket has, uh, you know, it's been a bit of a disadvantage compared to India in terms of uh, the actual time frame and and the sort of seriousness uh, which it has taken uh, in the country. And it's taken, uh, you know, quite a while for it to reach a similar level of professionalism. But now you've got Wasim Khan there in charge of the PCB. Uh, He's made some very good noises about the future of women's cricket. Uh, How do you see the overall state of women's cricket in Pakistan? Uh, Where where do you think it is right now in terms of world cricket and what kind of things do you need uh, to make it improve?
3: Well, uh, first of all, I'd like to clear one thing too, that uh, credit should be given to India for their domestic structure. Their domestic structure is so strong, their base is uh, so strong, they get prepared and confident players through their domestic structures and comparatively our domestic structure has not been strong since long this time they have changed a bit and I hope it uh, it, it pays fruit, fruit, uh, fruitful results and yes I'm quite hopeful that things have changed and will be further better in the coming years too uh, we now have good contracts we get to play more matches not too much but I think if we have more exposure things will immensely improve besides PCB is working on to invest in domestic cricket for women It's only through this medium we can have more girls and this will take a little time, but I'm sure it will change the dynamics of cricket in Pakistan as right now they have started taking steps in the right direction.
0: And Snehal, just on that point, um, in terms of domestic cricket, there's been a lot of talk about a women's IPL. Do you think that will help Indian cricket grow even stronger? Um,
2: I'll share again something that Um, I I discovered while researching an article on uh, the women's IPL that back in 2010, there was was almost a little bit of momentum within the BCCI to start a women's IPL or just start exhibition matches that uh, will maybe hopefully lead to a women's IPL. And I can just imagine, look back and imagine how different the order of world cricket would have been had actually uh, that happened and maybe instead of the WBBL, the women's IPL was the first women's T20 competition to really uh, establish itself. And it's it's obvious that there are just so many benefits for, uh, for a women's IPL to happen, um, even for other countries with the uh, participants coming in and uh, gaining so much from those kind of systems, the way Indian players and other players have gained from uh, the WBBL and the KSL. It's just it's just a question of get it done. There's absolutely nothing else to say. You can start with a four-team IPL. That's exactly what AFL competitions, uh, women's AFL in Australia have done. They started with less teams than there are men's teams, but they had the same brands as the men's teams. So the same clubs, you have Collingwood FC men and women. Similarly, I'd love to see an IPL next year with four teams with say, a Mumbai Indian's men and a Mumbai Indian's women.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, 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 there was so much interest in those challenger games as well in the IPL with, you know, uh, a lot of uh, foreign players coming to India and speaking really highly of their experiences. I, know I spoke to Danny Wyatt, who's, who spoke really highly of her time, the English uh, batsman coming to India and playing in that, in that challenger trophy and hoping for more. There's great hope for a women's IPL, obviously, across the board. And I imagine across the border in Pakistan, uh, Javeri with this, with the success of the IPL and the building of that brand, um, and with you know the Pakistani cricket sort of in, in terms of in- infrastructure, uh, at least seemingly taking a cue from Indian cricket with the women's IPL on the build, would you like to see a? I mean, I guess I know the answer to this, but uh, how how important do you think a women's PSL could be to the future of Pakistani women's cricket and infrastructure?
3: Well, initially there was no thought of having the up kind of PSL thing as uh, India have their IPL and and the way they have into, introduced their matches of women's team, so through that platform, uh, people started raising questions that uh, there should be a Pakistan one too. They have started giving it, it a thought, and I'm glad that they have given it a thought, it a thought. And I, and as I said before, that we should have our own style of PSL too because uh, uh, our growth is. Slow because of the fact that we don't get to play any kind of leagues and we don't have exposure of playing with the uh, players like England, Australia, South Africa, West Indies, India, all, all over the world as their individual players go and play uh, uh, big, uh, big Bash League and all those. So they, uh, like, if I may be wrong, but Herman Preet, Smriti, they are way ahead of their other other girls because of the exposure they get from the leaks. So if we also get exposure uh, of this kind of exposure, so I think our growth will be also a rapid one. And I think it's time now that we sh- it should be given a thought or... Uh, Our players should also be invited in Big Bash leagues or in England one. So I think it's time now that it should happen so that Pakistan can also match the speed of other international teams.
0: I'm going to ask you both uh, a a question here. Uh, We saw in the first edition of the men's IPL, Pakistani players were invited across to, to play for some of the franchises. And you know, that obviously stopped uh, as the tensions rose between the two countries. How great would it be for the women to come together in either of these two leagues, uh, in either of the countries or wherever it is around the world, and play together? I mean, the likes of uh, yourself, Javeria, you know, teammates with potentially Smriti Mandana, Haman Gore, Mithali Raj, uh, you know, Bisma Maruf involved, perhaps get San Amir out of retirement. How, how great would it be? just to have all of you guys together in the same league and playing together in some of the franchises as well?
3: Uh, well, we talk about bilateral series. If that's not happening, how can we play together?
0: <laughs> True. But, you know, it, it, if if there is, you know, potentially something in the UAE, uh, you know, visa restrictions don't come into it. You know, you never know. It could happen one day. I mean, is is, is that the sort of You know, other thing that could perhaps help Pakistani cricket, you know, we talk about in these T20 competitions in the world, uh, around the world, when all these overseas players come and play with the local players, the younger players, they learn so much from them. Would that benefit, for example, if you had like a women's PSL? In the UAE, you had Indian players, Australian players uh, coming across, uh, you know, players from England and uh, other countries around the world, the West Indies. Uh, Would that be another benefit to Pakistani cricket, to be teammates with all of these stars from around the world?
3: Well, it will be a huge boost for all of us because if we play with the likes of Nathalie and uh, the other girls also, then... you, you get to know the knowledge of their experiences and one needs to learn all the time. And if, if we get to learn their experiences because they've been playing since years and with a good success rate. So it's time now that we all play together and sport can be the medium to have good relations between all of us and it should be taken that way only. And uh, I'm sure if this resolves, then uh, not only our relations will get better, but we'll get to see more girls taking sport because uh, India-Pakistan playing together, be, be them playing sep- separately, people like to watch it. And when someone likes anything, they think of uh, uh, taking that sport. So it will be a great medium for uh, other girls to, to, to take the sport.
1: And uh, it it one of the things that has been kind of prevalent in India, and it's becoming more and more prevalent in the women's game, is the use of uh, women's players in commercials, in endorsements. You know, they're more visible. Uh, and this is sort of starting to slowly happen in Pakistan, but it's kind of, you know, very much developed in India. Um, how much of an impact does this have in kind of developing women's cricket as as like a mainstay in Indian pop culture, Snehal? This, is, this can only be a good thing, right, for Indian cricket?
2: Um, both things that you mentioned. I'll just go back to um, your previous question where you have teams, uh, players from both teams playing together and it happened a couple of times. Um, back in 2007, there was this Afro-Asia Cup. So, you had an Asian eleven where you had Pakistani players and Uruz uh, Mumtaz, I remember, was telling me that it was like, you know, how youngsters today feel in the IPL where they get to rub shoulders with the Mithali, uh, with the A.B. De and Virat Kohli's. So... It was their first experience in the same dressing room as Mithali Raj and Julan Goswami. And then 2014, where uh, the World 11 versus the MCC game happened. And Sanamir, uh, Shashikala Srivardhani and Julan Goswami were in the same team. And there's a lovely anecdote from uh, that little experience where uh, they were basically trying to trim the length of Sanamir's trousers and the, the three of them working on it and they still ended up with uh, uneven lengths on the two legs, even though you had Pakistan, India, and Sri Lanka working together. <laughs> but um, so <laughs> to, come, to come to the second question, it's it's just so powerful to see. Um, uh, I've seen a lot of ads in Pakistan on YouTube uh, where you have Sanamir as the head of some amazing uh, globally recognized brands, and here you have Harmanpreet Kaur and your Shafali Verma has now been uh, snapped up by a soft drink uh, giant and it's just so powerful the visibility that uh, it provides um like javeria said if they like it the girls are going to look at that and they're going to want to play cricket and the boys are going to look at that and they're going to think it's normal for girls to play cricket and probably that is an attitude that needs to change faster than uh, the first thing
1: absolutely there are some there are definitely some cultural challenges there for for And I would say probably slightly more so in Pakistan than in India. But yeah, across the board, you know, some attitudes do still need to change. But, you know, it's some phenomenal performances that do help them change. And, you know, if I can, on a personal note, I remember um, watching Javeria become only the second uh, Pakistani uh, women's cricketer to score a century in one day international cricket. In fact, you hold the record for the highest uh, individual score by uh, a Pakistani in a one day international, 133 um, how did that feel for you Javier and of course to date you're the highest run scorer as well so you know you've got this incredibly decorated career do you kind of and of course you've captained Pakistan you know you've you're one of only a, a couple of players to have played more than 100 games of Pakistan so you've got many accolades to your name how do you do you, does that sense of achievement bring with it responsibility about you know what you'd like you know how you can help mold the future of the women's game in Pakistan
3: well yes uh, what Like, uh, if you talk about uh, me leaving a legacy of that, I want to leave a legacy of discipline, clear-headedness and the ability to play in and off the field ground, in and and off the ground fearlessly. So, it's an honour for me to score a lot of runs, but uh, I could have done a lot better because uh, we had no role models when we used to play. We all started together. So, I could have done more better, but... um, I think there's still a, 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 a lot of way to go and uh, I want girls to take the batting department uh, very seriously and score a lot of runs so that when we leave that uh, the Pakistan cricket will be in good hands.
1: Absolutely.
0: We can only hope. Guys, I think that's a perfect way to uh, end it, uh, talking about legacy. And uh just want to thank you both uh, very much for your time. Uh, it was it was wonderful. Thank you
1: very much, Snehal and Javeria.
3: Pleasure being here. Thank you very much.
1: Thanks so much to Pakistani batter Javeria Khan and former India bowler Snehal Pradhan for sharing their stories there. And it's so great to see women's cricket being given a much bigger platform in recent times in both India and Pakistan. So now we've covered the men's rivalry from 1952 to the present day and the women's rivalry. What next? Well, uh, I don't think, uh, if any chat about India and Pakistan
0: will be complete without a combined 11. So uh, over the next couple of weeks, we'll be putting together our combined ODI and test 11s. And I really can't wait for this one. It's going to be very exciting indeed. And you can have your say too. Just look out for details on the Wisdom Cricket social media feeds. You can also contact us on social media at Nikesh Raghani and at Atif Nawaz. Also, keep an eye out for the usual Wisdom Cricket Weekly podcast, which will drop soon and you'll be back next week.